Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 100. Milestone episode today, boys. Woo! We did it. Century, we're Connor McDavid points. We've had a couple of roster changes over the last couple years. Dan and I have stayed. Tyler's in. Rick's in. Cam and Chris gone. Who knows where they are? What a while. Cam's in Ireland. Who knows where Chris is? He's selling tires somewhere. God love him. I miss that guy. Although I did see on Instagram today, he did say that I couldn't give him a good haircut after Dan tagged me in a post, and I disagree with that. But that's besides the I, point. I think oh, we have to figure this out. This, oh, like, as an, in honor of the 100th episode, we got to try and figure this out. Like, if Chris, the former intern, needs a haircut, I feel like I'm the logical place for him to come you, to get that. You have to give him the Matthew Kachuk, though. It's got to have those sweet steps in it. Do you want to know what? I had those lines shaved in the side of my head when I was like six, yeah. probably. That yeah. was like yep. very, very early 90s. And yep. it's uh, weird to see that coming back. Definitely anyway, I, I, did you really? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I, uh, I want to start off today's episode by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. I got to say, on Instagram, they're posting pictures of the new Ford Bronco. And that mm. thing is ridiculous. That thing is ridiculous. They even did a mock-up, like a nation truck version of a Ford Bronco. And oh man, that was sick. It looks so good. So go check them out if you're in need for a new vehicle or some service, or you just want to talk cars with some fine people. Our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giant, are here to help. Today we're going to start off today's episode with a Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week, Mister Yaremchuk. What do you got for us? Giant, 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 giant. <laughs> Jessa Puliyarvi, he's back in the mix. Mark Spector reporting he's going to get a new deal with the Edmonton Oilers. So and we're going to get into all the angles of the Puliyarvi thing, but for the Sherwood Ford giant question, I want to know, I'm living with the assumption he's back next year, but one year after that, so for the 2021-2022 season, is it more likely that Puliyarvi is an Oiler, a Kraken, or is he somewhere else? 
Oh, okay. Interesting thought. I, I mean, I, I completely, as I was reading, uh, Zach Lang posted the report up on Oilers Nation last night. Um, as I was reading about it, I didn't even think about the expansion draft, to be honest. But what I'm going to say is, my guess, as of today, August, whatever it is, 21st, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Jesse's going to come in. He's going to have some success in a middle six role. He's going to be on a value contract. And the Oilers are going to bring him back. So not this year, but next year, he will still be an Edmonton Oiler playing on the right side somewhere in that middle six with an opportunity to bump up to play with Connor, provided that they get along and make a little bit of magic. That's my guess. Mr. Rick, what do you think? That's your boy, Jess Pugliarvi, coming back. Uh, I, I, I say he's still here. I don't know about middle six. I'm not so sure it's that third line, but he might be a second line, first line if it's Connor. Um, I just don't see uh, Pugliarvi nor Yam as a third line winger. So I figure those are my two right wingers going forward. Uh, he's going to be here this season, whenever the hell that is. And yeah, I don't see him leaving after that. Dan, what do you think? Listen, uh, Dave Tippett is not making the same mistake ever again. He's never breaking up Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. So Jesse Pugliarvi <laughs> is going to be our number one right winger going forward. Uh, I think that we're going to lose a goalie in the in the expansion draft. And uh, yeah, there's a nice little shocker. Tyler's shocked at that statement. Yeah, Tyler with a visible well, disagreement there. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, because we'll have, we'll have, I think we're going out and getting a goalie this offseason. So uh, we're going to have a goalie that the Kraken are going to want. But anyway, that's uh, that's for that. But yeah, Jesse Pugliarvi, I think, is going to be in a way there for, for a while now. I think that Ken Holland deserves full marks for this this whole process. And uh, and Jesse, too. You know, he went in Finland, went to Finland and, to his credit, did really well. And, uh, you know, coming back with a fresh slate here. Tyler, wraps up. I am going to disagree. I am going to, like, I agree. Holland gets full marks. Pugliarvi gets full marks. But this will be his final season here in Edmonton. I think he'll have... A little bit of success, but not too much. But it'll be enough for Ken Holland to either ship him for a pick or make it tempting enough for Seattle to take him. And you know what? If Seattle wants Puyarvi and that allows the Oilers to keep Caleb Jones, I think this is still a big success in regards to him coming back. So I will say it's one year. It'll be a fun year, but it's a done year. Why? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. So like, I've got two questions for you. So you said some success. What does that look like for you, number one? Like, I could see him playing 70, 75 games, being on the third line. Maybe he gets some looks with McDavid. But I I just, I'm not sure if enough has changed with the player. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be surprised. But I don't know if enough has changed with that player where he's suddenly going to be a fit with Connor McDavid. Like, there's a reason that that didn't work in the past. And I know you Weren't his uh, fancy stats, quote unquote, really good? Like I keep seeing on Twitter, people keep people keep blowing that up. Like, look, he was so good with Connor. He was so good, and blah blah blah. blah. Uh, Cam Lewis is going to have something on that coming up this weekend at Oilers Nation. So today's Friday, as we're recording this, probably be up Saturday, Sunday. But yes, the underlying numbers did look good, despite the uh, actual goals and assists not being necessarily there. Tyler, go ahead. I don't think it's going to work long term with McDavid, and I think he'll have a decent year on the third line. Maybe he scores you 15 goals. And I still think there's a desire there from the player to not be in Edmonton. I know he's going to come back. It's a new regime and all that. But I just, I have that feeling. So uh, I think this is his last year with the Oilers. And I'm still happy to see him back. And I love the guy. I got his jersey in my closet right now. Like, I'm excited to bust that out for Oilers games again. I It's just, my gut tells me it's not going to be a long-term fit here for him. I think that, I, I think that the openness from both sides to actually get something going here 
kind of boosts my confidence that he'll be here more than one year. Because like if you if we go back to recording Oilers Nation Radio in August of 2019, he repeatedly said either through his own words or through his agent that there was no way that he was ever going to play with the Oilers again. They he just didn't want to. And then Ken Holland, to, again, we all saying to his credit, sat back, set a price for what he wanted, didn't get there, and found a way to maybe potentially again. To Mark, Spe- Spark, uh, Mark Spector's credit, he didn't say this is a done deal. He just said it looks like it. But to Ken Holland's credit, he got him to come back. So I think that maybe, provided that there's an openness from the leadership group in the room to welcome him back, and I hope there is, I think there could be a fit. You know, sometimes second chances work out. He got a year, and you know he's in Finland right now, ripping it up in the preseason. A year and change in Finland, maybe he's grown a little bit as a person and as a player, and sees the opportunity that he has here. Maybe. I don't know. Winning, I don't know. Winning, winning cures everything. If they come out and have the year they should have had this year, and then even a better year next year, I think that's going to ease up uh, a lot of the off ice tensions, if there are any. So I, that's. I guess I'd have to put a bit of an asterisk on my answer. If it's a bad year, I could see him leaving. But if it's a good year, I don't. And I do expect it to be a good year. I don't see him leaving at all then. I think the bright side, though, for me is even if Tyler's scenario plays out where he's only here one and done, either way, the Oilers are going to have an asset, which I think is important because right now he's just off in fucking limbo in in Finland where he's, yeah, he's a player in the stable, but he wasn't doing anything for anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least if he comes in here and scores 10, 15 goals, that's solid production from a middle six guy on the wing. And maybe it turns into something. But if not, and he gets traded away for a pick, then at least we're getting an asset back, well, right? And even if it's the expansion draft that we lose him in, that's an asset that you don't lose otherwise. Or, you know, have to have paid an extra draft pick or something to get Seattle to agree to take him if they include that kind of wheeling and dealing that you can do. He falls, that, into, he falls into every category, in which case you'd have to be um, protected, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, though, because I think with the expansion draft, I, I'm really curious to see how Ken Holland navigates this one. Obviously, it's different circumstances with the flat cap happening for the next couple of years. I do wonder if he would be aggressive or not in trying to pay Seattle something to, instead of taking a cheaper asset like a Pugliarvi likely will be, more so try hey here's a third third to take james neal yeah you know what i mean like i wonder how aggressive he's going to be to try and do that and i want to talk about james neal uh, again a little bit later because cam had an article up at oilers nation this week about what readers of the site would do with james neal and the and the the reaction was very split so i want to get to that in a minute but going back to jesse pulley if he does come back let's assume that this is happening where do you see him fitting like I don't think he's going with Connor to start. I, I just don't think that's a reality. Where the, you... the start the start isn't really the start though, right? Because you have all of camp and preseason, in which case he can get uh, he can move around. So are we talking start of the regular season? He could easily be there with Connor by then if you know they if they gel and make some magic in in camp and preseason. He could. I, I just think that Tippett will probably. I think he's probably going to ease him in a little bit, and. I tried to use Bear in last year, and look what that happened. But then that's the point. Like I kind of get is that Bear take it pool take it took the opportunity and fucking grabbed it and ran with it. It'll be up to Jesse to see if he starts on the third line on that right wing and earns his way up. 
Yeah. See, I much rather this competition for spots rather than just being force fed into a into the right wing spot alongside Connor Tyler. What do you think? Where do you think he slots in? On the current roster. Well, I, I've been big on one of their biggest needs this offseason is a better third-line center, a guy who can drive play, produce a little bit of offense, and give them that third scoring line. So I'm going to add in that I really hope they find a third-line center with some skill, and then they can play Yessa with uh, you in this new skilled third-line center. And, you know, I'd be worried that's not exactly the most defensively reliable line, but Puliyarvi, for his credit, for a fourth overall pick is actually pretty good in his own zone, and he's usually on the right side of the puck as well. So I think a third line with JPAA and a new skilled third line center, maybe Domi, maybe Eric Halla. Domi's probably a you know, pie in the sky a little bit, but a guy like Eric Halla, I, I think that'd be a really good fit for JP and you know some softer minutes potentially as well for the guy and just let him ease into the NHL game because, again, we he dominated in Finland. But coming back to the small ice, having to play with NHLers, having to not be the guy and, and you know, have to distribute the puck, share the puck a little bit, not just be able to put it on your stick and head up the ice. It's going to take some adjusting for JP. So I think even expecting him to come out of camp on McDavid's wing is a little bit unrealistic. I think if you set expectations like that, you're almost setting yourself up to be disappointed. I think one, at one point he could get there during the season. But early in the year, I think a good third line spot with a nice offensively skilled centerman is a good place for him. Mr. Nation, Dan, you are Coach Tippett right now. You've got your coaching cap on. I see it on your head. Where do you think JP at least starts? I know you said you you can see him ending up constantly go, but where do you think he starts? Yeah, it's I, I hear it both ways. Like I like you said, I I hope that he's up there, and I hope that there's just like I I'm I'm looking at this and I'm envisioning this as just like a you know. You slide, you slide a new Jesse Pugliarvi into the lineup, and it's like for everybody, it's a new guy for them to work with and play with. So I, I still hope that at the end of training camp, like Rick said, he's he's worked his way up. Um, but I could see what what Tyler said too about a transaction maybe happening in the off season where where you do give him a centerman that 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 is more kind of attuned to his level of of play versus you know trying to keep up with Connor McDavid, which has been a a problem for a lot of wingers in the in the past and. And, you know, some would argue Jesse too, but I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But anyways, I, I just think that, yeah, you could, I could see it both ways, which is a really good, solid answer to finish off with. Um, boys, you know I love a Price is Right style competition. <laughs> We're looking at contract dollars right now. I don't think this is going to be very expensive, but let's make a guess on Jesse Pugliarvi's contract. If it does, again, this is still speculation, though we're going to assume that it's happening. Let's look at Jesse Pugliarvi's contract. For next year, let's say it's a one-year AAV. Just what do you got on a one-year contract? Price is right style rules. Closest without going over. Tyler, I want to start with you. I can see you thinking, pondering, working the numbers out in your head. Jesse Pugliarvi's contract. What does it look like to you? Million bucks. Million even for Tyler Uremchuk. I like that. We'll see if it happens. Rick, what do you think? I think it's going to be closer to two, but I think they're going to go for two years. Two years at close to two with yep. Rick's guess. Mr. Nation Dan, your price is right style guess. I'm going to go $1 over Tyler. No, I'm just joking. I'll go 1.1 million. I think that it's, I think that Ken Holland is going to be driving a hard line on this one. Like Jesse, you know what? Like you're coming back. You've got something to prove. 1.1 is my number. And I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go. This is my guess. This is a, uh, uh, he is going to net out 
Jujar Kara's 1.2 because I don't think Jujar Kara's on this team next year. I think that that money just gets swapped out. That works Kara out, Pulley RV in, 1.2. Okay. That's my guess. Okay. So we've got Tyler at a million on a one-year. We've got Dan at 1.1. I'm at 1.2. And then Rick's going closer to two on a two-year deal. If you are listening to this right now, I want to see your guesses. Tweet at us. Slide into the DMs on ON Radio Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you think a one-year deal or beyond contract for Jesse Pugliarvi will look like. I got to admit, just just to wrap up this subject, I, I didn't see this day coming, to be honest. Again, assuming that this actually happens and Jesse Pugliarvi comes back to Edmonton. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought the bridge was burned and they had moved on. What did you guys yeah, think? Did you ever think that this was going to happen? Well, starting like this summer where he signs with another team, that was when I was like, okay, I, I, I guess he's going to spend another year over there. Like I, I just figured it was done. But then you heard the rumblings of he has the out to the NHL kind of contract. So yeah, it, it, it's it's still shocking to me that we are here, but I'm happy to see it. I'm surprised. I know yeah. that you, I know that you've been over this story for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like I, I have. I've been over this storyline for a long time. It was one of those, you know, wake me up when there's news. I'm sick of speculating about it. But now there's, I think. The Spectre report, I take that as substantial news. So I'm I'm very surprised that we're that we're gonna see him play another game in an Oilers jersey. Um, I mean, I guess there always is a chance he gets moved this offseason. Maybe once he has a contract and a commitment to come over, another team kind of goes, hmm, that's a little more interesting now. But uh, I, I believe he's gonna play another game for the Oilers, and that is not something I thought I'd be saying seven months ago. Rick, last word on it. I said, yeah, I uh, I said last year, I think uh, Holland and Tippett need to get a hold of him directly, show him a little bit of love, and uh, and that would be the best way to ease things out. And I, as far as I understand, that's kind of what happened here. Um, we heard back uh, before Mr. Spector was saying anything, Mr. Downton, Jay Downton, he told us all that he's coming back. So, uh, yeah, I've heard from, yeah, no, I've, I think he comes back. I know he comes back. And I've always believed he would come back. So the, for the Jay thing, for anybody who's listening to this and doesn't know what Rick's talking about, Jay jumped on a, um, a live stream with a friend of the nation, Larvenin, months ago. This was months ago at this point. No, this is like, two, this is like a month ago that we started talking about it. Because I brought it up to him. I was talking to him and Wanye, and then he made the call out to Finland. And then he got a, a word from some of our Finnish, or Finnish friends, sorry, that uh, we were about nine out of ten that he was coming back. Yeah, see, like the first time I wrote about it, uh, hearing from Larvenin was this was back in, I think I wrote about it in the, June. So the this Twitch? is it. Yeah, uh, the Twitch when thing, he was and on Twitch, was... and he's like, and he's yeah, because Yespa jumped on Twitch with with Larvenin, and they Oilers got brought up, and he said never said never say never. Either way, and that, I, I think, think was, that was the that was the first time I think it was. The first time since last, then when he put on a jersey last, that it actually seemed to be kind of on the positive side. Then there were more interviews because people dove into it, and more and more he said, you know, never say never, you never know, you never know type of situation. And then we are where we are right now. Which, again, is a massive difference from the he will not play for the Oilers or whatever Marcus Leto said about a year ago. So the times they are changing, again, like Rick said, uh, credit to Ken Holland and Dave Tippett for jumping on some calls there and rebuilding a bridge that seems like it had been burned down to the ground. So we'll see what happens. Uh, training camp is going to happen. What's slated for, Tyler? Like October or something? Training camp? Yeah. Or is that November? No, training camp, November. I think, is the plan is open training camp late November, early December. So we got a ways to go, but 
there's a weird year, so we'll see what happens. I mean, fingers crossed that we yeah. get fucking training camp anyway. Yeah, because the draft is going to be October 9 or something like that, free agency shortly after. Uh, then, of course, there's my birthday, so they're going to have to make sure that they build a schedule around <laughs> my birthday in October, <laughs> yep. and then we'll yep. get to training camp. Perfect. So um, what are we talking about the puck? January 1st? No, it's not happening this way. What do you mean? We'll talk about it in a second, but first I want to talk about our friends at Tourism Jasper. They gave away a trip or two this weekend. To uh, Shout out to Chelsea Rose for uh, on Twitter for winning that prize. She gets a couple of nights away with a friend in Jasper, courtesy of Tourism Jasper. It's a cool contest. They are brand new sponsors to the show. We are very happy to have them. We are very happy to see them giving away some trips to the mountains because it's beautiful. It's a nice little getaway, a nice little reprieve for um, someone that needs it right now. She said she's very, very excited to get out of this get out of the city for a little bit, a couple of days in the mountains. You know that's a good time. So thank you to Tourism Jasper for not only sponsoring this podcast, but giving away a cool prize as well. Going back to what Dan was just saying, what what is your what are you thinking here? Like you don't think that it's starting in January or what? I yeah, I just I don't know. I like we talked we talked about it. I think you I think if you if you're uh, listening to this and you want to go back and check uh, the Monday mailbag this week because uh some of the some of the comments from the guys and, and people there just they're so smart in the sense that it's just like you look at how long it took them to put together a 12 team um 12 team bracket for each side of the of the coin uh it was it's it's been a nightmare it's been tough for all these players to do and you look at how major league baseball has been doing things and it's i mean they're polar opposites right but there's just like you know the only the only bonus from having what major league baseball is doing is you're learning how not to do it but I just I I can't see a, a safe way right now. And the NFL course, kicks off in like change. three weeks. Yeah, but the NFL I think also is going to have the same issues. Major League Baseball just canceled another series this weekend because of uh, because of COVID there. So just I I don't know. I just don't I don't think we should rest all our hopes on it yet. I don't think it's over forever. But Tyler is begging to get in here. Like you said, it took a lot to build the twelve team tournament. Where I'll say that's a good thing is now they know the way to do it. Like, they have yeah. the blueprint laid out. And I, I agree, you can't shove them in a bubble for six months and be like, enjoy playing the season. But this is a little bit different because the playoffs were coming back and these players weren't playing for paychecks. They were playing to keep escrow up and not have to give money back. Next season, if there's no season, those guys aren't getting paid. And I think that changes a few mindsets a little bit of, you know, if you're a guy who is 28 years old, you had one more year left on your contract and then it's free agency... You're going to be like, well, fuck, let's get this season going. I want to make my money. I want to get to free agency, all that stuff. There's, I think money becomes a bit more of a factor for the players in that sense. And also, you probably can't just do two bubbles. But the thing I'll say is, why not four bubbles? And you have you split the teams up into their divisions to start, right? And you say there's going to be no East versus West play. Western Conference plays the Western Conference. That's it. So you split them up into four bubbles. You play for three weeks. And then you tell the players you're getting 10 days off. Go home, see your families. Get on your planes, whatever you need to do in your home cities. We'll fly you there in a private jet with the team, obviously. See your families. Take seven, eight days. Come back. We'll practice for three, four days. Bang. Another month. Sucks you got to stay in the bubble for a month, but think of it like a really long road trip. You play in the bubble for a month. You get 15, 16 games under your belt in that stretch. Bang. You go home for 10 more days. And you just do that. You play an abbreviated 60, 70 game season in four bubbles. No travel within cities. I think there's a safe way that you can do this. So, and they're going to have time to figure it out as well. It's not as much as, like, with this bubble, they were kind of just going on the fly, right? It was, oh, shit, we got to jam this these playoffs in. 
with the bubble for the regular season, as soon as this one wraps up, you're going to be able to start going, all right, let's start thinking. How are we going to do this? What's our timeline like? And all that stuff. So I think I, I have confidence the NHL is going to find a way to figure it out. 100%. After, I just what, think after what they've done right now, what they've done in the in the heat, in the, in, the, in the midst of the worst part of this pandemic or whatever the hell you want to call it, they've been able to do this with zero, zero positive tests in any of the that's bubbles. That's not true. That's not true, though. Because that's, that's where my point is. No, no, not in the bubble. What, what I'm talking that's about is right before the bubble. Right before the bubble when you had the players just yeah, kind these of guys are all going to each other. These guys, and, no, they were exposed to other people. I'm just saying they were exposed to each other, but they were also exposing to other people. And you know that you would hope, at least, that Caleb Jones, that Austin Matthews, that all these guys were doing everything they could to avoid it. And the reality is they couldn't. So if those guys had tested positive right before the bubble entry happened, then those there's guys no are way they were doing five games. games. There's no way they were doing everything to avoid it. There were Oilers well, then, and golf it, courses in town and all of that. Like, they were going out. They were going yeah, out exactly, where they but, were before but that's that, my, too. Uh, you guys are kind of just proving my point is that is that we're asking you're asking those guys for 10 days to to behave and can they i don't know like you know like, quote like, unquote I think, I think like tyler said though you're asking 10 guys to behave all these guys to behave when they weren't having any money come come in and that's what they needed yeah. to do to play like starting yeah. in january and all of a sudden those paychecks aren't showing up every two weeks that is a very very different scenario and there's also the 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 pa and the league have both agreed to a 2020, 2021 season. So they're moving forward with it. What that looks like, though, is going to be very interesting. I actually heard from um, uh, Flames Nation's Pat Steinberg. He and I were talking about some other projects we're kind of working on for FN. But um, he told me he's hearing some rumblings about what would it look like if, for a short period of team, the Canadian teams are only playing the Canadian teams so that there's no border crossing, it's eliminating traveling between countries, and maybe you have to play the Flames eight, nine times as opposed to just the normal four. But if there that's what it takes to get a season going, yeah, we there will be blood. Times. But well, we used to. Yeah, that's exactly it. When it was the Northwest Division, I remember hating those fucking games against the Minnesota Wild because there was eight of them in a season. But like, maybe that maybe they're going to have to get weird again because the situation merits a weird response. You do. You have to think on the fly, man. I guess it's it's the way it has been since. March, whatever, and that's just the way it is. These guys are already working on this. They put together this bubble. It's been extremely, extremely successful. I have full confidence that they'll figure out how to do how to drop the puck on January first. And they're also going to have the luxury of looking at baseball and eventually the NFL and being like, okay, well that didn't work. We need to pivot to this direction. And I mean, maybe I'm just being the eternal optimist because that's kind of my. I always was that hockey would come back. I'm just hoping that the league can do what they everything they can to figure out a solution to get hockey back on the ice. The problem that sucks is just, it's going to be another year of not being able to go to games, but you know, it is what it is. I just think there's too much money on the table to just leave it there. There's These no guys, guarantee that you can't be, you're not going to be allowed to go to games either. Uh, I'm fairly certain some things they're starting to uh, test out 10, 15% capacities now too. Those we'll are, those are we'll, foolish expectations. Uh, they're pie in the sky, but I mean, if, if you've got everyone to, to follow the rules properly, there's no way you can't get 2,000 people inside, 1,700 people inside Rogers and keep them spaced out properly. Yeah, but they would, have, they would have to follow the rules. 
Would you rather have 2,000 people in the rink and have it look a little weird and empty? Or would you rather just have the setup they have now where it looks sweet as fuck? The question is, am I one of the 2,000? If I'm one of the 2,000, <laughs> yeah, I want in. If not, I honestly don't give a shit. For me, honestly, I, I couldn't care less. I think we all talked about it for months of what the NHL was going to look like with no fans. I think they did a great job. I think it looked cool mm-hmm. on TV. The crowd noise pumped in is a little bit weird or whatever, but I'm past that at this point. I like, I actually like the giant screen behind the bench that shows like stats and whatever. I think that looks cool. So I honestly wouldn't mind if we had, if this is what we had to roll with. If they, if there's hockey to watch, and we've all watched a lot of it over the last couple of weeks, and I actually want to talk about the playoffs here in a second, but. If there's hockey to watch, I don't really care how it's delivered to me. I just want to watch it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. We need it. We need it. We need it. I think. I think the four of us for sure. Everybody that's listening to this podcast need it. It's just. It's a part of our, you know, our daily consumption. And more importantly, I think too, it's a nice little break for people. It's a nice break for people that were not necessarily. We can have two, three hours of our day, or depending on how long you watch, you can watch hockey all fucking day if you want, but like, there's a window of your day where you can just kind of watch a game and you don't have to stress about everything else that's going on because that shit is, can be overwhelming. And I think that's important too. So Dude, you can I, still do all this stuff um, safe. Like, we see these, I understand this is like terrifying and, and whatnot, we're in a pandemic, and stuff, but you can still do this stuff safe. You can still go out and be safe. You don't have to sit at home and you just have to follow the fucking rules, man. That's all it is. And that's what you make a perfect point. People just wear have masks, to cooperate. Wear masks, use your hand sanitizers, and dude, you 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 cut out so many so so much chance of, of getting anything. Trust me, I've been in the in the fucking bar since uh, the end of May, and I ain't caught shit. Just got to be careful, like Rick said. Cooperate. hasn't caught anything. Follow the rules. It's very simple, man. We can do it's it. Very. We can't allow this to, to ruin our lives forever. We no. got to get back to. We got to get back to normalcy sooner or later. So we just got to keep moving forward and learning from from the lessons we learn and making sure that we take what we have learned into the next step, and we'll be fucking fine. I wish you could. I wish we could pipe that audio that you just said into the. Uh, so the other day, and this is an aside from anything. The other day, I went to get a Slurpee because I'm on a real Slurpee train right now, and they just keep coming. But so I go to the I go to Seven Eleven and grab a Slurpee. I walk in, I'm masked up, I'm doing my thing, and there's a woman in there with like probably like a ten year old kid, and he's looking around the store, and everybody's wearing masks except the two of them, which again is against the bylaws here, but whatever. That's another point. He just says, "Why is everybody else wearing a mask and we're not?" And his mom just says to him because they believe fake news. And all I can think about is that's exactly the kind of attitude we don't need because Rick said, if you follow the rules and you're safe and you work together, then, you know, we can kick this thing. But we Dude, need if, we masked, if we masked up right at the beginning and fucking stayed home to the level we did, this shit could be over by now. We could be having fucking party nights right now instead of me, my stupid ass work being all shitty the way it is right now. We can go back to our regular lives. All I want to do hey, is come- Come get well, and Edmonton, Edmonton did a great job of it at the start. It's just, you know, we still are. We all know. Even when all we the all know we're looking out, at the numbers. Even when the numbers came out, um, the last ones, and we had a big jump last weekend. It was two different indoor uh, get togethers or whatever the hell you want to call it that caused 30 some of those numbers. It was ridiculous how. What we're trying to create here, Rick, is vigilantes that go around 
and find these parties for us, and we stop this right now. That's so all. Far, man, half of fucking Twitter <laughs> wants to do that right away. Hey, is this COVID <laughs> Nation Radio or Oilers Nation Radio? Let's talk some hockey. All right. But first, if you are staying home, why not check out our friends at skipthedishes.ca get yourself something to eat? I know I can't cook worth a shit. Tonight is Friday. I'm going to treat myself. So I'm going to look through the expansive list of restaurants here. I'm going to support a local shop. I'm going to order something delicious. Skip the Dishes is going to send a driver to me. It's going to be safe. It's going to be nice. They're going to drop it off at my door. I'm going to wave at them through the window. I'm going to tip handily. And I'm going to say thank you for my meal, sir. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Drive safely. Because that's what Skip the Dishes want to do. They just want to feed you, Tyler. They just want to make sure that you're eating well. Can I and then if my boy Tyler, I mean, you could send, uh, sure, you could send some food away. Uh, if my boy Tyler is a little bit hungover and he wants a burrito, mm. GetTheDishes.ca wants to make sure that he gets it and he doesn't have to put pants on to do so. Wow. And that's important. That's important. GetTheDishes.ca, thank you very, very, very much. Uh, really quickly, uh, we're looking ahead at next season. I want to touch on the Swedish invasion that's happening with Oilers prospects all heading over to Sweden. So far, today we got Joachim Nygaard. He's going to Farjastad. Uh, Philip Broberg going back to Skeleftia, which where he played last year, and Raphael Lavoie going to Rogel. Rogel? Rogel. DK. So we've got a trio of Oilers going to play in Sweden at least to start next year. Jesse Pooley are playing in Finland right now. What do you guys think of guys just heading over to over to Sweden? To me, it makes sense. To me, it Doesn't makes he, sense that season but he can, is going to be he starting. He can get out, though, right? Yeah, they all, have come back? Yep, they okay, all have well, off closes. Okay, well, here's a question then. What do you do with Ethan Bouchard? Uh, Ethan Evan. Bouchard, as far as I know, he doesn't exist. So we're going to have to create him. I Evan. like where you're going, though. We create a hybrid of <laughs> Ethan Bear and Evan Bouchard, and this would be the ultimate right-handed defenseman for the Evan Storm. I'm wearing, I like I'm where wearing you're going. The, I'm wearing the Bear shirt right now, so I got it in my head. But yeah, what do you do with Evan Bouchard? Do you send him over there? Why not? There's probably a, a Swedish hockey league team that needs a defenseman like him. I to, be, to answer the question, I would send him over there if there's if there's a team and he's Ryan allowed McLeod to opt well, out, right? Some of these players, they it, it would be beneficial for them to play, especially the young play. the young ones. That's the ones I'm, I'm more worried about. The Bouchards, the McLeods. Like we really don't have a lot of forwards coming up behind uh, behind what we have on our roster right now. So some of them are going to need to get some, you know, get get on the ice. And McLeod yeah, might be leading the charge for the young guys. Um, McLeod, I'd be looking at Bouchard. I'd be looking at. Well, you know, I do wonder. The other guys are over there already. I do wonder if we're going to see more of this because Raphael Lavoie was expected to make his pro debut in Bakersfield this year. Obviously, pushing back the AHL season uh, doesn't necessarily lend to that. So he's heading over to Sweden. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is just the first three names in a list of prospects that need to play because I would love to see Evan Bouchard playing against uh, playing some pro at-bats if there's a team that wants to take him. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I choose I, I, for... For Raph Lois, though, is the Rogel team has the exact same logo as us. It's the Swedish version of the Oilers logo. Really? If you look it up, the nice. Rogel BK. Yeah, it's it's uh it's green and red. That's the only oh. difference, real difference. Tyler, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, I, I think it's up to the player. Oh shit, really. that logo is the exact same. It's just got that like <laughs> th- that crown. It's got a Swedish tinge. Yeah. Wow. Rogel anyway, BK. Tyler, we'll put it up on our Instagram or something. What were we talking? Oh, Lavoie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to leave it up to the player, right? Like if you go to Evan Bouchard and you're like, hey, go play in Skelftia or whatever Swedish town is offering him a contract. And he's like, no, I don't want to go to Europe. You can't be like, 
oh, really now? Well, you're going to get on this 100%, damn plane. 100%. So, it's got to be talked about. And, it, and well, it's, it's, it's on the course. player too, right? Like if Bouchard goes, no, I'm fully capable of getting ready in Ontario and being 100% when the season starts, then like I'm not going to sit here and be like, Evan Bouchard doesn't care about the Oilers because he won't go no, to God, no. HC no, no. Davos or wherever the fuck he'd go, right? So I, eh, whatever. It's good that these guys are going to get on the ice and play some meaningful games and hopefully be rested and ready to go when the season starts. It also makes for a real long season if they're going to be up with the Oilers after playing half a season in Sweden. You're looking at like yeah, 10, 11 it's, straight it's pretty, months of hockey. Pretty laid back over there. Oh, I, well, I, I guess what you're saying in terms of... So if they're uh, going to play laid back hockey, I don't want them going either. Fuck. But like, no, I just think about it. back and the schedule is nicer. There's not as much travel. You know, it's a lot less. Uh, it's not as stressful as playing in the NHL. Yeah, you see all the you see all the guys who go there at, when their career is over. Who's like, no, it's pretty nice out there. To me, if I'm a young dude like an Evan Bouchard, and I know he's a dad of a family of six, but like if I'm a young single <laughs> dude like Evan Bouchard, I would look at going to HC Davos because you know what, spending a few months in Switzerland playing some hockey. That's a, pretty good, cup, baby. that's a pretty good way to spend a few months of your young life. You know what I mean, Tyler? Yeah. I'd like it. it. I don't know. I don't know. I highly recommend Gothenburg. Great, great spot. That's where, uh, oh, the name just, Frolunda. Just, uh, there you go. Frolunda plays in Gothenburg. So, I just think, I thought it was interesting that so far three Oilers players in their, you know, in the, in the organizational depth chart are going over to Sweden. We'll see if more follow. I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of Swedes, there is some rumblings around the old internet that the Oilers should look at potentially trading Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, Tyler's booing. I agree with Tyler. I don't understand where this comes from. To me, this is one of those stories that kind of happens almost on a yearly basis with Clefbaum. I don't. For me, I think he's the Oilers' best defenseman. He's on a hell of a contract. I don't understand any possibility where you would trade him unless the return is so overwhelmingly good that you go be like, well, I can't not trade Oscar Clefbaum because, you know, uh, Jack Eichel at a 50% retained deal is coming back the other way or something stupid. I'm just obviously I'm making shit up. But, like, I don't understand it. Why do people want to trade Oscar Clefbaum? Tyler, explain it to me. Okay. I like it's really hard for me to even wrap my brain around these rumors because they make such little sense. The keys to be or how you build a good team: you draft a good player, you develop them into a NHL player, you sign them to a value contract, you enjoy said player for their value contract. Like if Oscar Clefbaum was making six and a half million dollars or five point nine million dollars, I'd sit there and go, you know what? Maybe it is time we move on from him. You know, he didn't have a great year. We need to mix things up, get a bit of a different feel on the back end. But one, Oscar Clefbaum is their best defenseman, in my opinion. He has been for a few years. Yes, he gets banged up, but I mean, fuck, any player can get hurt. I don't really subscribe much to the whole Band-Aid theory. Two, he's making how much you would pay. He's making the same amount that you're paying your fucking third-pairing defenseman in Chris Russell, first off. So like, <laughs> if you have a legitimate top four defenseman, and anyone saying Oscar Clefbaum is not a legitimate top four or a top two defenseman, they're wrong. Like, they're incorrect. They do not have a good opinion on that. You're paying him just over $4 million for the next three years. Why would you want to get rid of that? I know Friedman kind of is the one who threw this out, and he's always really good with this kind of stuff. But I just cannot see why Ken Holland, who is a very good GM, would look at a top four defenseman on a value contract and go, yeah, you're right. Now's probably the time to move on from this guy. It makes no sense. Zero sense. None. Rick, you're shaking your head in agreement. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's obviously there's, every player can be traded. I mean, Gretzky got traded. Anybody can be traded depending on what's coming back. But in terms of what you have and what you need on this, on this team right now, he fits almost every single uh, category. He's one of your best defensemen. He's cheap. He can handle. He, he's a very integral part of that of the power play. I know everyone thinks it's you know it's it's the forwards, but the way he moves it from side to side and keeps the PK moving, uh, he's very very good at it. Less you know, and he and he fell into uh, in the hearts of the old guys this year because he had more block shots than anybody. So really, I don't see why anybody would want to move on to him unless, of course, you do have some sort of number one left winger coming in, but you're all you're going to do is, is you're going to, you're going to create a hole to fix a hole. And that really isn't a, a great plan. I agree. I, I just don't understand it. I, I just don't get it. I'm not one of those guys that think that you can't trade key pieces if it makes sense. But to me, I just don't see how trading off or club ball makes any sense. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an affliction that the Oilers have had for a few years. And Peter Shirelli was definitely one of them. Um, but we always have this like thing where we're like, man, we really need some scoring winger help. Let's trade one of our scoring wingers for another scoring winger. You know what we really need is a good third line center. And you know what we should trade him for or for it is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like it just, we, we don't, we don't ever make a deal where we're like, man, we have a surplus of this position and we've got a guy waiting in the wings to come up and take his spot. Instead, it's, you know, we've got a guy that's probably two years away from taking his spot. Like, Evan Bouchard will eventually take over for Clefbaum. I just, it's, the, uh, the mentality is On the, is pa- so on the power play, you mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's right-handed, he's right though, so he can't that's, play. But that's, that's, people's, that's people's justification of the, of the move, is that, you know, well, we've got a guy waiting in the wing that could be just as good as him in a couple more years. Okay, wait until he's ready to be that guy. I just don't, I don't get wanting to replace a guy, like Tyler said, that has good value on his contract. Even if you don't believe he's a top defenseman, he's not a b- playing below his pay grade. He's not Chris Russell on this team. It just, it just, it, it confounds me when you have four other guys or three other guys on that defense that you should look at trading first before you look at replacing Oscar Kleffbaum with, you know, spare parts as, as you kind of, as you look at that Gregor article that you had mentioned there, Bag Milk. It is kind of interesting a little bit, isn't it? Knowing that Peter Shirelli, the same man, the same guy signed two defensemen, Oscar Clefbaum and Chris Russell to nearly identical money contracts. I mean, term is different, obviously, but like, how does that happen? The same guy signed two contracts for two players that are completely different. One excellent value, one now on the trade block because it's not great value. It's so weird to me. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's funny though, because it's exactly what Tyler said. You take a player, you draft them, and then you sign them, you get the cheap one. Or what you do is you go into the free agent market and you start to overpay and you're getting underperformance back. So it just proves that these, you know, holding on to your draft picks is, uh, is more valuable than going on and getting your UFAs. And uh, just uh, to close this off on Oscar Kleppbaum, I think we're all on the same page on trading him. He was, despite not only playing 62 games, he was the Oilers' top scoring defenseman this year. All, again. On a value contract, do you yeah, really want to trade it? We don't need that on our team. Exactly. If there's one thing this team, if there's one thing this team does need, it's less scoring from the defense. It doesn't make sense. Tyler, you also posted your weekly rumor wrap up. Yep. A lot of goaltending talk, my friend. 
Yeah. Interesting I, names being tied to the Oilers too that maybe necessarily we didn't think of. Obviously, uh, one that I'm going to say, Jacob Markstrom, that's just not happening. I, Vancouver lets them go, they're nuts. But what else are you seeing for goaltending rumors? Uh, well, the Markstrom one's interesting because LeBron kind of connected the Oilers to him, and I've seen a couple uh, of, of a couple Vancouver writers throw out the idea of, oh, what does it look like next year if it's Demko and someone else and all that. Um, he's going to cost you a ton, though. Like, him and Lanner are going to cost you so much money. My argument is they're probably worth the money because you can go through the playoffs right now. And, I mean, yeah, there's a couple teams who did the 1A, 1B thing, but, I mean, Montreal, Carey Price, Philadelphia, Carter Hart. Dallas probably would have been doing this with Bishop, and they they have a great backup in Hudobin, who's also going to be a free agent. So maybe that's somewhere you look as well. But this is the Oilers. I think after that series against Chicago, once again, kind of showed us that they need to find a more long term solution between the pipes. And this is a great year to have that problem because the goaltending market is a little bit flooded. I and mean, uh, just on the free agent market alone, you're going to have the big names like Leonard and Markstrom. You have sort of that second wave with uh, Braden Holpe is probably the only guy in that second sort of tier there. And if he wants to take a hometown discount, maybe that's a way Ken Holland goes with all this. Um, and you then, take Holpe out of the you take Holpe out of the same category as the other two. Yeah, he didn't have a very good year, and he's a he's a little bit older, I believe. So I I don't have Holpe in that same category. Like Leonard and Markstrom, I would find a way to make the money work for those guys if they want between six and seven million. Then I'd probably sit there and go, you know what? If we need to move an expensive contract here just to get that guy, it's totally worth it. With Holtby, I'd sign him if he came down into my price range in the sense that if he wants to sign for three and a half, four million bucks, I'd look at Braden Holtby. And then there's that other wave. You got Grace, you got Hudobin, who are both proven backup options who can handle the starters' reins at times if you throw it at them. I, I'm not counting Crawford. I think he's going back to Chicago. Um, and then you even have that next tier, which is Brassois, Brian Elliott, Mike Smith's in there, Cam Talbot's in there as well. So there's a ton of different ways to go. It seems like there's more options out there than there are open spots in the crease around the league. And you also have the trade market, which is which definitely exists when it comes to the goalies right now, specifically in Pittsburgh, where you have Murray and Jari, specifically in New York, where they have Gorgiev, who's kind of the third fiddle if Henrik Lundqvist decides to come, to come back for another year. So there's a ton of ways the Oilers could go with this. And the, this, this offseason pre- presents a golden opportunity for Ken Holland to uh, to fix the problem between the crease for the Oilers, we can't go that we can't go that low in terms of, of level of goaltending, right? We got to be picking above the the uh, LB uh, category, no. But what's nice about having that lower category, which is Brassois, Smith, um, there was the other name on there, Brian Elliott. The nice part about having that sort of base litter of guys who you know are probably still going to be around three weeks after free agency opens you can really set your focus on, all right, what's the market for Leonard? What's the market for Markstrom? What's Holt be asking for? You know, where do Grice and Hudobin fit into all that? Because there's not a lot of open jobs for these guys to go get. Every, like, every team is cap crunched with the flat salary cap. So I think that that lower level is a nice safety net for Ken Holland because I think he can go be a little bit aggressive, take his shots on some of the bigger fish. And if he strikes out, then you go, all right, Laurent Brassois, what do you want? One and a half, 1.7? Like, okay, Aaron Dell, we'll take a chance on you. It wouldn't be ideal, and it would probably be a failure on Ken Holland's regard, but that safety net is there if he wants to go swing on some big names. If you have a UFA goalie, what, what, is, uh, what do the Kraken have? If they, draw, if, they, if they pick him, he doesn't necessarily have to sign with him, does he? The Kraken? Yeah, so if we bring in a goaltender, yeah. whether we bring in Laner. Or anybody it doesn't matter. Like, what happens if he's only on a one-year contract? 
Yeah, then it'll be. Well, then he's a free agent. Yeah. He's a free agent, and if Seattle picks him, he could go. I'm not signing with you. I'm signing back in Edmonton. Same thing. New so Hopkins there, could do, right? Possi- okay, so is there a possibility that we take one of these more expensive goaltenders? Go, hey, listen, it's a flat cap. Here's four million this year. Let's get through this year, and we'll, you know, and let's and let's revisit this uh, next summer. Kind of like what we're what everyone's saying. Taylor Hall's going to do. Uh, it, this as- does avoid. This does avoid. Um, the Kraken trying to take one of your one of your uh, goaltenders, and therefore you got to keep an extra player. If I, I mean, mean, yes, it, does, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of uh, yeah a lot of uh, work um, back and forth with the goaltender itself, but it is a possibility. No, I think that would take way too much trust between a free agent goaltender and a team he's never played for. And if I'm the Oilers and I go sign Robin Lanner for four years at six and a half million dollars a season, I'm just spitballing numbers here, and we get to the expansion draft, and Lanner clearly outplays Koskinen then I'm okay with Seattle taking my $4.5 million backup. I'll go find a new one. And if it's the other way and the Leonard experiment burns and doesn't work, then I'm okay if Seattle wants to take the $6.5 million mistake off my hands. So I'm not doing the one-year thing when it comes to a goalie just because if a team wants to take an expensive backup, they can have them as far as I'm concerned. Problem is, though, that the Oilers are going to have to protect Koskinen because thanks, Pistol Pete, for giving him a no move. Does he have his no move? Yep. Oh, fuck. Well, I'd probably it's be limited, begging him it's limited. It's a limited. Uh, I still think that counts as like you have to protect yeah, yeah. the asset, though. Uh, unless I'd, you, I'd unless Koskinen you ask to wave him. It. Well, yeah, you would have to convince Koskinen to wave it. Like I, I'm thinking about. I want to talk about some playoffs here in two seconds, but yeah. like that's the kind of scenario. Like I'm thinking about Lucic in Calgary. Mm-hmm. If I'm Milan Lucic, I mean, going to Seattle probably wouldn't be so bad. But like you would have to convince him to waive his no trade. Otherwise, he can just sit there and be like, "No, nah, I'm staying." Luke, in Calgary. Luke is from Vancouver, though, right? So, and, and there were rumors he did, he wouldn't have minded a, a chance to go home and play for the Canucks. So, I bet you Lucic does it. And if you're Koskinen, like put yourself in Koskinen's shoes at the end of the season. Let's say the Oilers get Laner and Laner plays 60 out of the 82 games, and the Oilers go to Koskinen and say, "Guess what? You can play 22 times again next year because Laner's our guy." Or you can go to Seattle and play fifty to sixty games and have a chance to be a starter. I think I know which one he's going to pick. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Having the expansion draft coming up is going to add an interesting wrinkle into the mix in terms of, I mean, all kinds of decisions that all teams make going forward. I want to talk on some playoffs. We are almost through the first round. Um, I got to start off by saying last night's Calgary collapse was spectacular to watch. Great. They were up three goal, up by three goals, like seven and a half minutes in or whatever. And I'm like, ah, shit, we're going to seven. And then very quickly, very quickly, the tables turned. I went and made myself a drink, just have something to eat. By the time I turned around, we were almost at a tie game. So I would just want to ask a blanket question. Which series in the first round, even whether it's over or not, uh, which one did you really like? Which ones are you looking forward to next? Let's just talk playoffs. Tyler, what do you think? Which which series are you liking which one was boring whatever what do you want to talk about uh, I was without a doubt hate watching the hell out of that Calgary Dallas series and I enjoyed watching Calgary beat them in six last night I've been liking that one just from a perspective of I like watching the Flames lose and I'm bitter in that sense uh, but I've also really enjoyed St. Louis and Vancouver from a sense that I'm not even hate watching the Canucks I'm really this young Canucks team man they are a blast to watch like they are good they are talented they are fast and uh, I like the Blues as well. I think they're a fun team. That series has just been all around great. So I know they both involve Oilers rivals, but I've been watching a ton of those two series involving the Canucks and Flames for different reasons and really been enjoying it. I think for me, I've been watching the Canucks and Blues a lot too. And for me, it's a bummer seeing how good Vancouver is right now. So that's the bummer there. 
is because they're playing really fun hockey to watch, and it's annoying to me. Dan, what do you like? Who do you like? Who do you not like? What are you watching? Uh, well, it's it was it was more just hate watching, and I hate that I have to admit that I was hate watching it. But it was it was the Vegas Chicago series. Just I just it warmed my heart to watch Chicago get dismissed so so handily. And then the other one too is Colorado over uh, over Arizona. I just if those two teams don't end up playing in the Western Conference Finals, we are robbed of a really good game there, a really good series because those those two teams just seem like they're on a path to clash, and it's going to get it's going to be like a high scoring, just flashy, like all kinds of uh, all kinds of good good storyline appeal there. Colorado's fucking good too. We're talking about a place where Taylor Hall might sign a one year contract. If he goes to Colorado for a one year deal, watch out, Rick. What are you watching? I'm watching it all. Uh, I haven't really been. Uh, I enjoy hockey, right? So obviously my team's out of it. I hate everything. Trust me, I can't stand watching any of the games I'm watching. I'm not cheering for anybody. I'm not cheering against anybody. I took no joy in yesterday's uh, Flames loss. Like I'm still extremely pissed off at what happened with the Oilers and how their season ended. <laughs> watching Vancouver do what they're doing, that annoys the shit out of me. Watching the Islanders do what they're doing. That annoys the shit out of me. Watching um, everybody jump on bandwagon, that annoys the shit out of me. I have watched every, almost every damn game, even, uh, but with no, like, with no care. I'm, like, I'm watching because I enjoy hockey. I literally do not care what happens in any game. It all fucking annoys the piss out of me. There's no way we should not be in this right now. Well, that I agree with. I will say, though, you mentioned the Islanders. I found it was actually super interesting to watch that Barry Trotz just, Islanders just choked out his former team. Like, the Capitals could not get anything going in that team. Why can their team come out and fucking play like that and our fucking team lays a fucking egg? Well, okay. So Why I, can so Vancouver come out and do what they're doing and our team lays a fucking egg? Why can Arizona come out and do what Arizona did in at least that one game and our team lays a fucking egg? I absolutely hate everything. I just think that you're seeing you're seeing you're seeing teams that uh, that came from the play-ins. They started off most of their series. Most of the series started off positively for the yeah. play-in teams, the teams that have been playing. And then some of the really good teams, they just they they were just ready to go. The Colorado Avalanche were fucking ready to go. Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado's Knight. that much better than fucking Arizona. It's ridiculous. But like Mark Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury wasn't ready to go. Laner is. Like it's you know it, there's there's all these things where the the better team quote unquote the higher ranked team had a struggle that started but as we've said all along if it's not a fucking five game series the good teams have the ability to really turn it around and figure shit out and so yes the Washington Capitals didn't figure it out yes you know um, trying to think of another upset that happened but it, you know it, like the like the, it just it you you. You see it every time in these playoffs, these fucking weird ass twenty twenty playoffs, and I understand where you're coming from, Rick. But it's it is just that the team that's been playing meaningful hockey seems to have the start of the series. I think this next series is going to be actual hockey where it doesn't have anything to do with who's been playing how many series. Tyler, I also want to offer an apology and uh, condolences to you because I know you're a uh, Blue Jackets guy. That must have been tough for you. Yeah, um, th- that's the team in the East when the Oilers are done. I-, I love watching some Blue Jackets playoff hockey. Like, that's an easy group to get behind. Um, that was not fun watching them bow out that way. Like, the f- one game of the series where they were, like, without a doubt the best team. Yeah, that was rough. Dude, that was Oilers' stars of the late 90s. 
That was yeah, eight versus yeah, one. Yep. You know, you're in every fucking game, and you still lose four to one in the series or something like that. But all five games are one goal, three go to over. Silly shit like that. That was the epitome of Oilers stars in the late 90s. Let me just say this. The the thing I've liked about the games being spaced out the way they are is that I can watch every single one every day. And it's yep. introduced me to some guys. And I think it introduced the hockey. It gave some guys a chance to really show show the rest of the hockey world what they're about. Because like Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a fucking force in this league for a long, long time. Miro Haskinen is going to win a Norris. Quinn Hughes is going to win a Norris. Kirby Doc's going to be a pain in the Oilers' ass. Every time they roll into the United Center for the next ten years, like there's some young players in this league who got who got a chance to show the rest of the league what they got in this bubble platform, and they took advantage of it. It's been fun to watch. And how about vice versa with the two best players, quote unquote, best players in Calgary? Obviously, Kachuk was out, so let's take that out of it. But where were Monahan? Where were Goudreau? Oh. Those two players. They let their team down. Goudreau should never put that jersey on again. I I don't think but we're going to see Johnny Goudreau play another game in a Flames jersey, and I would be willing to put some serious money on that. I bet. Here's my prediction. I've been, I actually said this last summer, but I think this is the year that it happened. I think that Goudreau's gone, but I think that Calgary's going to take a swing at Taylor Hall. They will. But if you're if you're going to do the one year thing, though, why would Hall go there when he can go to Colorado instead? If, well, that's if, a good point. If, Maybe he's going to get a five-year offer from the Flames and be like, shit, that looks pretty good to me. Maybe. He he was born in Calgary, after all. But he's got to look look at that team. team No doubt. That that team is not great. Yeah, but what if... No doubt. One old defense, and they have nothing for goaltending. They honestly have a pretty decent uh, bottom nine in terms of... Or bottom... Yeah, bottom nine at 12, uh, 12 forwards. That top line was garbage for them, though. They were. And you know what? I actually thought Tyler brought up an interesting point about watching players that maybe you didn't necessarily get a chance to see. Is there anybody you guys watched or just looked at and be like, man, this guy's so much better than I thought? And I got to say, mine, uh, the Hurricanes. They have got some good players on that team. Sebastian Ajo is very, very fucking good. Svechnikov, very good. A lot of fun to watch those guys. And it kind of bummed me out. Be like, oh, man. What does that team need to move good. on? Because they, they're, they are they not the. At- are they not the analytical darlings? Are they not the one who kind of like lead the way Every in analytics is, right man. now? There's, there's 12, 15 teams who are heavy, heavy into analytics at this point. But Carolina just needs a goalie because the rest of that team's fucking good. They were really good. They were fun to watch, too. They got some talent yeah. there. Is there uh, Dan or Rick, anybody that you're kind of watching, be like, man, this guy's fucking good. And I'm also going to say, and I hate to say it, Quinn Hughes for Vancouver. Oh. Man, he's a game changer. Having a defenseman with the ability to move the puck like that, and he's also got some wheels, like the Oilers desperately need that guy. Desperately. Not I'm not talking about Quinn Hughes specifically, but you know what I mean. Every team needs a yep. guy like that. It's it's imperative to winning in today's NHL. Yeah, no him. Uh you see Patterson out there, yeah. uh Heiskinen in, in in Dallas. You saw some of those players out in in um in Carolina. There's I've seen a lot more. I've watched a lot more teams in the last whatever two weeks, whatever the hell it's been, uh, than I have pretty much any time for a lot of those teams. So, yeah, I've been actually impressed with uh, with some some players out there. But again, it annoys me how nobody on our fucking team stepped up to be one of those goddamn players. Yeah, another one too that comes to mind is Kale McCarr in Colorado. Like, I, I watched that guy good. in the AJHL, man, and you could tell from that point like he's a fucking stud. Dan, what do you I'm, think? 
I'm telling you, for me, it I, I Carolina broke my heart because I had Carolina going in my bracket to the uh, to the East End. That's gross. Um, get the hell out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, but, uh, <laughs> but for me, the team that I've been shocked to watch, and I've, I actually was like genuinely excited to be able to take some time and actually watch their games has been the Philadelphia Flyers. You watch Carter Hart. Carter Hart is growing into, I think, Carey Price 2.0, a guy yeah. that we're going to be talking about for years That's where he's sense. just the dominant goaltender that, you know, you're just like, how the fuck did they just pull him out of nowhere? And then, and then I mean, like, go ahead and off the top of your head, name four of the six top six flyers on that team. Like, it's hard to do. Voracek, it, it's not easy. Voracek. Drew is not in the top top six right now, according to dailyfaceoff.com. It's yeah, Joel Farabee, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny. Like, it's a team of just, like, of guys where you're like, ah, like, that's a good player. Shane Gossespierre. They're playing Montreal, though. Defenseman. I know, but it's, but it's a good team. I'm not playing Montreal. Pitt, Montreal Let's just see destroyed what they, Pittsburgh, what... right? Well, Montreal beat Pittsburgh. Let's see what they can do against the real team. The team that I've been more surprised about was the Islanders. I wasn't the surprised with them at all. Yeah, I they look like a real year. team that you know, top to bottom. Yeah, and they handled they handled um, Washington with you know great amount of ease. And they, but they 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 came out and they were going, and that's exactly what you want to see out of a team. They just keep moving Very forward. Very trying. I, I, a goal I maker. It. I get it. I get it. Coaches are huge, but coaches are nothing unless the players on the ice actually but, do it. But you the can't players, look at Barry Trotz's. The, it's the players. The career players now. It. You can't look at his career now and say that anymore because because he was in Nashville with garbage and made them a playoff team. No, I mean, and then when he left, general, not it fell him. apart. No, but I'm just saying he's like Trotz is like you know he's one of those guys that I think we're going to look back and be like, man, he was one of the great coaches because he just. He does stuff with teams where everybody wrote off the New York Islanders. I can't, I can't think of a person that was like, you know, who's going to be a team to look for in the playoffs? It's the New York Islanders. Just what, he's doing the, what he's doing with the Islanders, I think, is way more impressive than he did with the fucking Preds or, or Capitals. You know what well, annoys Preds, me about the, the Islanders? The Preds are just making noise. The Islanders annoy me very, very much because of half boilers. We've watched Jordan Eberle go out and get five points in nine playoff games after everybody said he can't produce in the playoffs, and that here's his fucking guy, signed to a team-friendly deal, by the way, going out and getting it done in the playoffs. It's almost as if one series doesn't make a playoff performer, especially, well, you know what, I'm just going to get angry all over again. And I see that we're winding down, so Tyler, Good. I agree. angry. I am angry, and it's not going away anytime soon. So this is going to be a long off season for me. Tyler, it's time to get your buttons ready because we are looking at the Yegberger Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. Go ahead and follow Yegberger on Twitter and Instagram at Yeg underscore Burger. The burger of the month is Rosie's Tandoori Chicken Burger featuring a fresh chicken breast patty, marinated in tandoori paste, and grilled to perfection, then topped with roasted red pepper aioli, lettuce, tomatoes, and red onions. It looks delicious. Mm. I recommend that you go in and get it because I promise you if you get a burger from Yegg Burger, you are going to enjoy the experience because they make fantastic (laughs) burgers and shakes over there. What are you talking about over there? Did you say chicken burger? It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. <laughs> See, that, 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 that kid, he, oh, again, he's always in my heart. He just speaks for me, you know? He just speaks for me. Uh, boys, it is time, as always, to start with the cold performance of the week, brought to you by Yegberger, Mr. Nation Dan. Looking at the past seven days of your life, either personal or in the world of sports, what are you thinking? Cold performance of the week. Well, you know, 
it's the hundredth episode, and so I thought I would go with a little bit of a throwback to probably a cold performer for one of us in our first ever cold performer segment all those years ago. And it's Milan Lucic with the TSN turning point last night for the Calgary Flames, <laughs> up three nothing in the game, <laughs> coasting to a victory, and and like uh, Nick said, heading to Game Seven, and then he goes and does what Milan Lucic does, and he's bigger and he's stronger than another guy. I just knocked Rick over, just like he knocked over a Dallas Star into the into the goalie. Absolute sell job by that player, and it was a fantastic sell job at that because it it gave the Dallas Stars that door opening that they needed. And it's just, it's the domino started to fall from there. Thank you, Milan Lucic, for the cold performer of the week for the 100th episode. Rick, your Yegberger cold performer of the week. Well, mine's, mine's kind of weird because this, uh, they didn't do anything wrong this week, which is, this is weird to give someone a cold performance after doing nothing wrong. But my cold performer are the fucking Edmonton Oilers for not being in the goddamn playoffs anymore. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> button delay. That was quick. Tyler, Tyler. thought there was going to be a rant there. There, that is the rant. I think everyone can fill in their own rants. Uh, Tyler, your Yegberger cold performer of the week. My Yegberger cold performer of the week is uh, it's going to be Mike Milbury because that dude in one week found a way to make three idiotic comments on one national or on multiple national broadcasts, but on national TV. He found a way to say a dumb thing three times. So, uh, Mike Milbury, you are worst. the worst. Uh, that's an excellent pick. I'm going to wrap things up. My cold performer of the week is uh, DJ and Bag Milk. Not having a great week in the old betting game. <laughs> Had a couple of good days, mostly bad days. As I've uh, started to get into the weeds, find myself a little bit bored by watching some of these games. So I want to spice things up a little bit, and I like betting on goals. I like betting on goals. And uh, you know what? Sometimes you take the under and Colorado scores eight or whatever it was and you get upset about it. But say la vie. My cold performer of the week is my own betting game. I'm upset. Uh, Beg Milk, did you see that they're offering you a free $25 if you put 25 into your account, though, at our sports book? Uh, no, uh, but chances are I'm going to be adding money to my sports book. There Thank you, you very much, Tyler, for encouraging my for you. terrible, terrible habits. Flipping the ledger, I want to talk about the Yegberger Hot Performer of the Week. I'm going to go ahead and start this one off. I made a fruit fly trap that has killed probably 100 fruit flies over the past couple of days. This thing is lights out. It is the killer of all killers. I see them all floating there in my little pool of apple cider vinegar. You all thought you were going to get a delicious little snack, maybe a tasty drink, but instead you drowned to death, and now you're no longer annoying me and flying around in my face. So my hot performer of the week is me for coming up with a fruit fly trap that I found on Pinterest because my sister sent it to me. Thank you. Run wrap on top. I like this right here. Oh, you know, I got saran wrap on top. A couple of little poked little holes in there. Little dish soap. (laughs) Little dish soap in there. And they're drowning all over the place, Dan. Fruit fly problem. No longer a problem. Uh, Rick, your Yegberger hot performer of the week. Well, I'm just going to go and give it to the rest of the NHL then. I've enjoyed watching hockey from, uh, I think, on the best days, we're about 10 a.m. till we'd usually drop the puck around 8.45 p.m. And uh, I've caught, I think, 95% of those games. And I'm just enjoying watching hockey with no 
No worry about anything that's happening in the game. Just taking it in for what it is. So I'm just going to say that it's the sport of hockey. That's what we're going to give it to. This is hot. It is hot. You know what? It's been nice. It's actually kind of, it kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Like now that we're getting into the second round, that the daily schedule is going to get pared down and pared down and pared down. Like having two elimination games yesterday was cool, but having to wait until the evening to watch them, boo. I wanted a 10 a.m. start. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nation Dan. Yeah, I... Uh, Hot performance of the week. I, I was waiting for that part. Um, the uh, My hot pick, I don't know. Like, okay, last night it was... It's going to go to Euler fan. Um, because last night was just a lot of fun on Twitter for just like an hour or two after the Flames had basically had their fate sealed. And I think it was 6-3. to three. Um, Euler fans are just... We have a lot of fun. And I think that it's a super healthy rivalry that Albertans need to continue and we need to have some hate and some fun and some barbs tossed at each other. So it's Oilers fans in the Battle of Alberta joke uh, meme game. Cash money. Wrapping us up, Mr. Tyler Uramchuk. He's got a nice... What is that pattern on your shirt, by the way? It's like a what are we looking pattern. At? See? Okay, so I've been wearing... I've worn a hat every day to work for like probably the last two years. But uh, I, I got really sunburned, so there's some areas of my scalp that are really sensitive. I'm really letting you guys in on my personal life here. Yeah. So today, I like had to put some moisturizer on it, and I was like, well, I can't wear a hat now because it agitates it too much. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear a hat. Look how nice my hair is. Yeah, it's gorgeous, it great. Right? And, I, and great, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do my hair, I'm going to wear a nice shirt as well. And I went into work looking good, and Dustin Nielsen and Low Tide like shit all over me. Told me I looked like Ace Ventura and like all this mean stuff. Um, so I didn't like that. But anyways, my hot performance. You look performance, good, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. At least one of my employee in, group of employee co-workers. No. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, 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 one of my co-workers is, uh, <laughs> is supportive. My hot performer of the week is the Toronto Raptors. Because I still get to watch one of my favorite teams play some meaningful games. It's been a ton of fun. They're dominating Brooklyn. They're up 3-0 in the series right now. I love fucking playoff basketball and the Raptors are a fun team to watch. Yeah! You putting some money down on those playoff games or oh, what? Oh, that Fred Van Vliet total points over has been cashing. <laughs> uh, I gotta love it. Uh, you guys are the best. I like talking about hockey with you. Yep. For all of us, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giants, Tourism Jasper, SkipTheDishes.ca and Yegberger for making it all possible. I want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out on a weekly basis. Please download, subscribe, rate on Apple Podcasts. I checked before we started today. There's no new ratings. Ooh. I'd like to read some new ratings. So if you if you enjoy it or if you hate us, whatever, just leave a rating. I want to know what you think. Check us out wherever you download your podcasts from. Follow us on Instagram, ON Radio Podcast. Thank you for being here. From all of us, episode 100 is wrapped. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 